Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 46. If you were following my post on Facebook, you also saw that I was posting and I was having amazing dances. And then the next day what happened to have another amazing dance and things like that. These dances, like not to compare them from one and the other, but I just feel like these dances really, really, really stood out to me because you got to dance with followers who are very, very, very dedicated to their craft of uh, getting their basics down to where they didn't have to think about them so much. So with practice and hard work and taking classes and learning the techniques, they're able to get those techniques down to where it was second nature. And then after that point, they were able to add their own style and listen to the music so much. Like it was crazy insane. I was able to have amazing dances almost every night that I was out dancing that will be memorable for sure for me. And That really stood out to me because I was able to dance at a higher level than I was accustomed to dancing and really get a chance to express myself and not hold myself back and really like kind of keep my foot on the gas to keep creating my art. Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, and I'm back from my hiatus. I do want to apologize to all the listeners out there. I'm sorry I haven't been able to keep up with the weekly podcast, but my travel schedule and everything just got really, 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 really crazy. I do realize that I need a virtual assistant to help me keep on top of these things, so I am accepting applications to kind of help me with my workload and my content schedule on social media because I definitely don't want to miss out on any opportunities and I want to be consistent with my scheduling and the podcast because I know you guys are listening and have derived a lot of value out of the podcast that I'm doing here for you guys so my apologies I'm back and this podcast as you've seen in the intro is going to be recapping the amazing trip that I had Two weeks in Europe, primarily focused on Kizomba, and this podcast here is going to recap everything that I experienced, and it was a really, really awesome experience. Um, I'm going to try to highlight the top five highlights of the trip for you guys, so you don't have to have a recap of every single day, but I'm just going to kind of extract the top five highlights and what they meant for me. So with that being said, moving into the podcast before the trip, 
Before the trip, I was definitely nervous. I was definitely stressed. This is my second trip so far to Europe this year. The first trip was back in Sweden for the Sweden Kizoma Festival. Shout out to Greg and Tanya, who are the organizers for that event out there. Had an amazing time, but it was a short trip. It was just a few days for the weekend and came back because I had some other gigs here in the States. This trip was two weeks, so... The idea behind it was to go and experience the Kizoma life that is in Paris. Paris is definitely one of the top places in the world right now to dance Kizomba. There's a high level of urban kids. There's a high level of more traditional slash authentic Kizomba as well. And I didn't want to take the trip by myself. So I actually was able to get a group of 30 people from North America, across North America, to come out on the trip one week in Paris. Then after the one week of Paris dancing almost every night, we went to Luxembourg, the Luxembourg Kizuma Festival, which is one of the biggest Kizuma festivals in the world. It was insane. Uh, The socials on Saturday night were easily over 1500 people and afterwards i got a chance to visit milan but i won't spoil the story here too much um but before the trip i was definitely looking forward to keep my skills up i was definitely looking forward to get some good dancing in i was definitely looking forward to dancing in a place where nobody knows my name i'm definitely grateful and honored to do what i do here in the united states to help grow kizoma things like that but Pretty much anywhere that I travel to, I'm always in instructor mode and setting an example and things like that. And definitely a huge component of dance is fun. So it was really awesome to really indulge in the fun side of things and dance with people I've never danced with before. Dance with better followers who I don't get the chance to dance with that much uh, in the States. I'm very grateful I got the chance to dance with followers who were a lot more skilled and talented than I am. So that way it forces me to dance at my highest level and dance with that person for as long as I want. I didn't have to work the room or anything like that. Um, I got to really just indulge in myself a little bit. So it's definitely like a Kizomba vacation for me. Another feeling that I had before coming to Europe was just really starting to embrace myself as an artist. Um, I feel like now, um, May 14th, it was my three-year anniversary of teaching Kizomba full-time, and I really, really focused a lot on the teaching aspect. And it's one thing to kind of title yourself and kind of have the mental picture of yourself as an instructor, and it's another thing to have yourself as an artist. And As I've said on previous podcasts, there's definitely a difference between a really good dancer and a really good instructor. And if you're an artist, you have to create an art. And I feel like there was definitely some room for me to grow in that regard. And this trip definitely helped that. But moving into the trip, there was definitely some hope, I guess you can will, of that this trip will definitely inspire some more of the confidence that I need in myself as an artist, creating an art through through dance and not just an instructor. So the top five highlights that I have here for the Euro Kids trip 2017 were in the following order. 
First and foremost, it was going to be the social dancing in Paris was amazing. We'll talk a little bit about that. Number two was the impromptu kids battle that I had with none other than Anna Labon. That was completely unexpected and an experience in itself. The third highlight of the trip was the show your style Paris edition. I got the chance to do that with Sally May. Shout out to Sally May. Fourth highlight of the trip was just the entire experience of the Luxembourg Kizoma Festival. And the fifth highlight that we'll be ending the podcast with today was the training sessions that I got to have with none other than Marta Mignone. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, but Marta is a phenomenal follow and I won't get off on a rant. We will start from the first highlight. And before I get into the highlights, I do want to give a shout out to all of the people from North America that accompanied me on the trip. And I'm going to list all their names here. We have Bonnie, Eddie, Zebediah, Jamie, Yemi, Christina, Yvette, Juho, Imbal, Andrea, Jamian, Rika, Lola, Ebu, Sherry, D. Margaret, Archie, Monica, Enrique, Inna, Boris, Miriam, Robin, Tina, Lindsay, Sally Mae, Quanta, Sylvia, CJ, Audie, Lauren, Lilia, and Yasuko, Tiffany, Rashika, Pamela, Andre, and Jamina. Thank you all for coming out to the trip. I appreciate you guys coming out and definitely stepping outside of your comfort zone in a completely different continent to help your Kizoma dancing grow. It was an awesome experience to share with all of you. And without further ado, let's talk about the social dancing in Paris. So in Paris, you can literally dance Kizomba every night of the week. They are parties of different popularity for sure, depending on the DJ, depending on the taxi dancer team, depending on the instructor. There are definitely opportunities out there for you. And some parties are definitely more well attended and popular compared to other parties. Also, another thing in that plays a factor in Paris is the location of where the party is. A lot of the parties were on the outskirts of Paris and not necessarily in downtown Paris, but you definitely have options. Even in the same night, you can have two or three different places you can go to dance Kizomba. And it's just awesome to have choices for your Kizomba. I know many of us here in the United States, sometimes we're just waiting for a weekly class with a small mini practica at the end. We're waiting for that one Kizomba social a month where it's going to be all Kizomba that may or may not have a dedicated DJ or we're waiting for one of the weekenders, like in the many of the weekenders I do, I try to make it as 100% Kizomba as possible because it really does yield to the experience of your growth as Kizomberos and Kizomberas. So in Paris, it was really awesome because for us, it's like, yes, sign us up for dancing. We want to dance every night of the week. But for the people that live there, it was just like after you get over the options you really take a look at the other factors well who's the dj where is it located how late does it go who else is going to be there and things like that so people were definitely uh, more selective about the socials that they went to they weren't just going crazy like we were going out every single night of the week but 
The things that made the social dancing in Paris so awesome were, first and foremost, the DJs. The DJs, OMG. Talk about creating an experience on the dance floor. Talk about smooth transitions. Talk about creativity. Talk about showing your art as a DJ. I definitely felt that with all the DJs that were there. Um, different DJs specialize in different types of kizomba. There's some that are more dosor, like Swedes. Some of them were more well known for uh, tarashas and kind of like banging kizomba beats and things like that. And some of the DJs are definitely more well rounded. But my oh my, those DJs definitely had us like traveling to another kizomba universe. It was really really awesome to experience that. Um, and that just yields to the dancing and the level of dancing that's in Paris for sure is is awesome. This is not to say that every single dancer in Paris is awesome. That does not mean that they don't have beginners or anything like that. They definitely have beginners, but the people that are really, really, really good and have experienced dancing cues on there is really, really awesome to dance with them and just dance with people that were more experienced than myself. And you guys have to realize like Paris is the home of some of the best Kizoma instructors and DJs in the world. You have, just to name a few, Anna, you have Moon, you have Jojo and Michaela, you have Laurent, you have Felician and Isabel. You have all of these instructors in the same city all kind of helping grow the scene there in, in Paris. And it's, it's really, really awesome that there's enough demand there for everybody to kind of coexist and travel and things like that. It's really awesome to see. And, and witness and, and be a part of that for that one week that we were there in Paris. So literally in Paris, if you guys are following my Eurokiss trips, I'm going to put a link of it in the podcast. I kind of gave a day, day by day breakdown of each day that was in the trip. Um, Paris was literally eat, sleep and dance. I did get a chance to take some private lessons while I was there. Um, you always have to grow in your craft, myself included. And I really wanted to push my level and... I took some private lessons with Sarah and P, um, also with Saber and Majuline that were Belgian, that were in town. I was able to take some private lessons with Jean-Pierre and Steffi as well. Awesome guys. Thank you so much for the knowledge that you shared with me. I definitely learned a lot and I will definitely be practicing a lot with the techniques and things that you showed me. If you were following my post on Facebook, you also saw that I was posting. I was having amazing dances. And then the next day what happened to have another amazing dance and things like that. These dances, like not to compare them from one and the other, but I just feel like these dances really, really, really stood out to me because you got to dance with followers who are very, very, very dedicated to their craft of uh, getting their basics down to where they didn't have to think about them so much. So with practice and hard work and taking classes and learning the techniques, they're able to get those techniques down to where it was second nature. And then after that point, they were able to add their own style and listen to the music so much. Like it was crazy insane. I was able to have amazing dances almost every night that I was out dancing that will be memorable for sure for me. And that really stood out to me because I was able to dance at a higher level than I was accustomed to dancing and really get a chance to express myself and not hold myself back and really like kind of keep my foot on the gas to keep creating my art. And that's one of the big takeaways that we had for the trip overall is just really owning myself as an artist and 
having the awesome DJs there and the awesome dancers. And also not being one of the best dancers in the room helps you kind of bring your A game when you come out on the social dance floor. So it was really, really awesome to see that. And I'm glad that I was able to experience that. So highlight number one was definitely something also that yielded to me really owning myself as an artist. Highlight number two, the impromptu demo with Anna. So in one of the days, I think it was a uh, Friday or Thursday or something like that, we went to Calchway. Calchway is one of the clubs in Paris that's pretty well known for Kizomba parties and Kizomba socials and things like that. I went to go take Anna's class. Anna has a cool style. She's always very creative. So I went to go take the class. And at the end of the class, I have my phone out and I'm getting ready to record the demo. And for I can have it, so I can have it for my records, right? And he calls me up. And right before he plays the song, he's like, hey, you're going to dance with Teresa. Teresa was also there. Shout out to Teresa. Oh, my goodness. You were amazing in the demo. You're an amazing dancer, amazing person. And shout out to you. But and it's like, yeah, you're going to dance with Teresa. And I'm like, what do you mean? And it's like, yeah, you're going to dance with her and do whatever you want. I'm like, um, OK. And then he asked me a question. He said, you don't want. And I was like, ah, in my head, I was like. All these people here, Parisian dancers, they're students and things like that. Do I say no or do I say yes and and step up to the plate? So obviously I stepped up to the plate and I danced with Teresa in front of the people. And it was really, really awesome to have that experience. My heart was literally beating out of my chest because I was so nervous. But again, I, I had to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um I tell my students this all the time. You got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And your life as an artist is crazy because it's like perpetually being outside of your comfort zone all the time. And so that demo went really, really well. I put the I will put the link of the video in the show notes so you guys can check it out. But that was an awesome experience. Also pushing myself outside of my comfort zone to own myself as an artist. Highlight number three was the Show Your Style Paris. If you guys don't know what Show Your Style is, if you've seen like a hip hop video, like at the end of a workshop or a class where you have a person who teaches a choreo and then you have different dancers and they're recorded at the end and everybody's doing the same choreo, but in their own unique way. So this is exactly what Show Your Style is, but with Kizomba. And this is a concept that has been put forth by none other than Laurent Yishu. Um, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. Awesome guy. We collaborate a lot together and it's been really, really awesome to share that experience with him. So this is my first show your style outside of the U.S. Um, if you guys want to participate in a show your style in the U.S., the only place you're going to be able to find it is at the Neo Kizuma Festival, neokizfest.com to check that out. The festival is coming up July 21st to the 24th. Back to the podcast. So show your style. Sally May agreed to do that with me. It was really awesome to see all the show your style dancers and the show your style crew and basically what I've seen on YouTube and on Facebook videos back in the States now is in front of me in front of the the place there. And so it was really fun to learn the choreo. Uh, we put in a lot of work. It was also a whirlwind. It wasn't a lot of rest. Um, there are other dancers there. So it's like, what are you going to do to kind of make your choreograph your 
your dance unique. And then when it came down to the recording aspect of it, then you have to really kind of put that forth out there and remember what you practice. So the first hour it was like a three hour ordeal, but it was definitely longer than that when, when everything was said and done. But you get an hour to learn the choreo. You get another hour to train the choreo with your partner. And then you get an hour to record. Um, it was really cool with the costumes and things like that that we had there to wear while we're doing the dance. And I don't think the video is out yet for the show your style, but when it is out, I'll definitely include it in the podcast show notes here. But definitely an experience where I kind of let go of, of being an instructor. Like it wasn't about being an instructor anymore. It wasn't about teaching, which is my forte, which is what I feel like I bring the most value in it was about being an artist and expressing yourself in a creative way confidently in front of other people um the same thing like i did when i was at the socials definitely not taking the back seat on owning myself as an artist putting myself out there and really being me not trying to copy anybody else in the demo with enna putting myself out there to be an artist and also in the show your style here with laurent i definitely had to put myself out there as an artist and perform and it was definitely a learning experience it was definitely there are mistakes and things like that obviously there's always room to grow but that was definitely a defining moment for me as well and we just keep going into that overarching theme of me really owning myself as an artist let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors have you been looking to level up your kizomba but you don't have the local instructors to take you there are you looking for something concrete to practice with your Kizomba partner? Or are you looking for Kizomba lessons that you can take on your schedule and the comfort of your home? If you answered yes to any of these questions, look no further. Learn to kids.com is what you need. Progressive step-by-step -step lessons that you can take at your pace in the comfort of your home or anywhere with a solid internet connection on your PC, Mac, or any smartphone. New videos are added every month. You can try this awesome resource out 30 days free at learntokids.com slash podcast. After the 30 days free, it's only a low $15 per month. But again, the special offer for the Dance Your Heart On Fire listeners, 30 days free at learntokids.com slash podcast. You won't find this offer anywhere else. learntokids.com slash podcast. And now back to our show. The fourth highlight of the Euro Kids trip 2017 is gonna be the Luxembourg Kizomba Festival. I've been to my first European Kizomba trip was December 2012. I actually went to Sensual Dance Kizomba Festival in Madrid back in December 2012. And I was also there in December 2013. But I've been to a couple of festivals. The Luxembourg Kizomba Festival, OMG, so, so huge. And for some of those people, their first European trip it was definitely like a music concert of Kizomba dancers. I've never seen so many people at one time dancing Kizomba. I will share some personal clips that I took of the social dancing there in the show notes so you guys can check that out and see just how many people were there. But amazing, amazing festival. Um, shout out to DJ Pingusu and Aime who put on that event. I had a blast there. And this was definitely a highlight of the trip because I literally just slept, eat, and, and ate and danced. So just to give you guys a perspective of how much dancing you can do at this festival, let's start at one of the night parties. The night parties start around 11 p.m. 
they go until 5 a.m. Then you have an official, yes, an official after party, not somebody's room that they're sneaking in and getting kicked out by security. Official after party, 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Then you have an afternoon social room. What is the afternoon social room? Afternoon social room is for people who have the party pass, who don't want to take the workshop, they just want to come to the festival and dance. That opened up from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then at 11 p.m., the night party started all over again. So literally, with the exception of a few hours, you can literally dance all day long. My feet were hurting. I was falling asleep on the dance floor. They had awesome DJ. I want to say they had at least 10, 12 DJs. And these are like the best of the best DJs that are out there. It was really, really awesome. The experience that they created on on the dance floor and just dancing with more amazing dancers from all over. It was really awesome experience to share that energy and just really be awesome. And this really also helped me really, I guess, push me down the path of owning myself as an artist because there are many good dancers and every dancer has their own style. So with me, I have to own what makes me, me. And so especially coming from the Paris trip and the demo with Anna and the show your style is definitely ready to continue that, that trend and, and not hold myself back from expressing my style and not just copying Um, the other dancers and what they see them doing, you know, really owning my musicality and creativity and things of that nature. Again, it was definitely a push out of my comfort zone. It wasn't something that was easy or that came natural to me, but I stepped up to the plate and I didn't back down for sure. This led us to the training in Milan. So, there is a dancer in Milan. Her name is Marta. And we, I wanted to go and learn from her because she's a phenomenal follow. I wanted to get some training and really challenge my dancing to continue to grow and push myself. So I get to Milan and we get a chance to train and things like that. And Marta. Hmm. There are so many times where I was dancing and in my head, I have these ideas of things that should work. If she's listening to the music and I do this and I do that and you divide the two and carry the three like this should happen. You know, I'm definitely a thinker and a nerd. But and those things were happening left and right when I was dancing with Marta. So there were literally times where I had to stop dancing and my jaw dropped just because I was in awe of the way that she was following what I was doing. And if you guys follow the post, I felt like I was dancing 100 miles per hour in my head. And maybe for her, it was maybe 35. She was taking everything that I was dancing at, 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 one, at my highest level And she was giving me good feedback of like not only technique of like, oh, well, you left my weight here. You need to move me there if you're going to move that foot and things like that. Energy in my frame. She was saying, oh, well, I see that you do. You put me a lot in this position. So if you're in this position, here's an exit or here's an entry. Here's a different way you can do that. She challenged my musicality. Musicality is the thing that I get complimented on the most. So. 
I know like sometimes in the learning process, like if you have a strength, you don't really pay attention to it. You really just focus on the weaknesses, but you can totally make your strengths stronger. So I felt like with her, she was like, okay, that was good musicality. I can hear what you're doing, but do something bigger. And a lot of what we're doing was just kind of helping me make my demos pop more. And it was just awesome to kind of get all the feedback that I got from her through my dance and the awareness that she had. It was it was amazing. So I haven't danced with a follow like that before and dancing with her more and more with each hour that we were training. I just got into this groove and we were trying fast songs we were dancing slow songs and really just trying to flow with the music in a not basic way, like more advanced movement, more advanced patterns, more creative flow art, not not a dance instructor anymore, like really trying to express yourself and what you're feeling through your movement. And I'm glad I'm so glad I was able to do that with with her there It was definitely uh, an awesome way to end the trip there in 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 Europe. Um, she is coming to the Neo Kizomba Festival uh, this year as well. I gave a plug for it before, but she's coming. She's going to be teaching some ladies tying classes. I will highly, highly, highly recommend leads and follows to to dance with her, to learn from her, because she is definitely, in my opinion, all of my experiences like, wow, like I was really, really, really thoroughly impressed. So that was the fifth highlight of my Euro Kiss trip. And again, just really the overarching theme was like really not only just being a good instructor, but an artist. And I've been working on my presentation, my style, what I'm wearing, how I'm dancing in my demos and things like that. And really just owning who I am in a, in a different way that I haven't really been used to thinking in this way but now like that I have that awareness and I have that enlightenment it's just something that I'm working on and you're always evolving you're always growing and I just feel like this I'm moving into this artistry phase in my dancing Um, not to say that I don't have any growth to go as a teacher or anything like that but it's just also adding the artistry aspect into that so I can't wait to continue down this journey and I can't wait to go back to Europe I can't wait to continue to train to improve my dancing I can't wait to continue to inspire and motivate people to keep learning Kizomba travel to Europe if you can't make it to Europe then in my workshops in my classes in my training shows and things like that it's just been a really overwhelming experience and it's something that I wouldn't change for the world um like I've always said in other podcasts dance is definitely a catalyst to self-awareness and self-discovery and it's just been an amazing amazing experience thus far three years in the game of my dancepreneur anniversary I will include the image and the post that I shared on Facebook on that day it was May 14th Um, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If you guys have any insights or questions or anything like that, feel free to message me. I feel like I'm on a personal mission, not only to own myself as an artist and be the best version of myself, but also inspire others to do the same. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. 
Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. Kizomba.